Christians are at a crossroads. What's at stake? The ability to freely live out the gospel in America. This particular case has a much different outcome from the ones we've seen before. It highlights the importance of our perseverance in the legal matters we face for our religious liberty and the ongoing challenges that we'll continue to face for religious liberty in America. The fight for religious liberty isn't always straightforward or easy. For this Christian school, it's been a long, drawn-out process for them to consolidate their multi-campus school into one facility. Why can't a Christian school be treated on equal footing? Use a building that we bought for our students for God's glory. They changed their zoning code so that we couldn't do that. This is Behind the Front Lines, Religious Liberty in America. In previous stories, we've seen God's work through the legal process. We've also seen how individuals made difficult decisions to go on the long and narrow road. Tree of Life found out recently that the Supreme Court would not hear their case. Today, we'll hear the facts from Todd Mara, superintendent of Tree of Life Christian Schools, to better understand the threats Christian ministries and churches face. My name is Todd Mara. It's my privilege to serve as superintendent of Tree of Life Christian Schools. Uh, this is my 30th year with Tree of Life, my ninth year to serve as superintendent. Tree of Life has three different campuses, two elementary schools that are preschool through fifth grade, both in housed in uh, some of our sponsoring churches, and then a standalone uh, sixth grade through 12th grade campus. So I'm responsible for uh, all three of the campuses and the leadership of the, of the whole. So I spend time at each campus and obviously with parents and other stakeholders and investing in lives. I'm driven by uh, getting to be used by the Holy Spirit to be a part of raising up the next generation of the body of Christ. So the kids that are in our classrooms today are the future of the culture and the future of the church and have eternal lives. So getting to, to get them from age three through age 18, you know, five days a week, seven hours a day, what an incredible opportunity to disciple, to be used by the Lord to, to form children. Tree of Life has been doing this for 30 years, and the consistency of that work can be explained by God's leading in the mission. Yeah, the, the short answer is the Holy Spirit, of course, but um, it's His movement uh, in people who are uh, looking well after the, the soul of a child. So some schools are um, more just about educating the mind, but Tree of Life is uh, looking to educate what we call the head, the heart, and the hands. So we're hoping that we can teach kids heads to think biblically. It's an exchange. It's it's uh, it's our thoughts out and God's thoughts in. So could we train their heads to think biblically? To, could we train their hearts to love passionately like Jesus? And could we train, train their hands to serve generously? So those are our uh, our simple goals. Think biblically, love passionately, serve generously, and we work on it every day. 
We had an incredible opportunity in 2010 at the uh, beginning of a capital campaign to buy what was formerly CompuServe's world headquarters. It's a 200,000 plus square foot building. And our goal was to combine our campuses, we have three, into one. We can double in size in that campus. We have 600 students today. We could grow to 1,000 or 1,200 students in that campus. So uh, under God's clear direction, even supernaturally led to this building, uh, we bought uh, the CompuServe building. We paid $26 a square foot, $6.5 million for um, a 200,000-plus square foot building with a state-of-the-art data center attached. So when we bought it, um, the Lord provided a tenant at that data center uh, that also provided an income stream for us. So we not only were able to buy it, but uh, operational coverage for operating it was provided uh, by the data center tenant as well. Well, we owned the building and uh, we met, went and met with the city and said, hey, we'd like to use this as a school. We're a school. We, we think we can be a great benefit to this city. We'll be an asset. We'd love to come and, and do some of our service projects with the city. You know, how can we come here and serve? And it became pretty clear pretty quickly that they didn't want a school there. They didn't want Tree of Life there. And uh, in fact, as I approached uh, city council members with breakfasts and lunches and even the mayor, uh, it became um, incre increasingly tense conversation from them to us. We were approaching the same way. We, we want to build relationships in the city. Uh, we approached city council and uh, unfortunately, city council uh, actually changed their zoning code. So they allowed similar uses like a daycare in this building and they changed their zoning code in order to keep Tree of Life out of the use of this building. And that's the, that's the shame of it. It's the, why can't a Christian school be, tr be treated on equal footing with other uh, similarly situated organizations? Well, what we want to do is use a building that we bought for our students for God's glory. And they changed their zoning code so that we couldn't do that. They would tell you that uh, they have a, a need for money, and all cities obviously have a need for money. So they would tell you that um, their need for money is, is more important than our, really, than our religious right, than our opportunity to use a building that we bought for God's glory. It's a bit of an in, in, uh, a disingenuous argument. If you ask me, uh, they have about a $27 million annual budget in the city, and uh, they have more than a $15 million rainy day fund. So when they say, hey, we need the money, it's a little bit hard to believe. They say that they have this need for money and that they want to reserve it for money, but they they also allow a lot of uses in there that wouldn't provide them that kind of money. So, for instance, if, a, if another nonprofit um, wanted to use it uh, as an office space with only 10 tenants, they could. But if Tree of Life wanted to use it for classroom space for our teachers and our students, we can't. It had to do with similarly similarly situated uses. They allowed for daycare use. So picture a, a zoning code that says we want to keep this for financial reasons, and they allow a daycare. Well, Tree of Life income taxes from our staff is going to provide more income than a daycare will, and many other of the allowed uses today. Our income taxes from our staff would provide more money than many other uses that are even allowed today. 
The really difficult thing is you get everybody in your community excited. You have incredible donor support. Everybody's really dialed in to this new opportunity. And the Lord opens incredible doors and provides for you to buy it. You put all the plans together to move. We hire the architects, the builder. And then the city stops our use. So it's very difficult on a community like a Christian school to be able to to cast a vision and get the momentum going and everybody excited and then not to be able to accomplish it. So we are now uh, more than eight years later uh, still owning the building, but still unable to use our own building for our purposes. It's being used mostly for Christian tenants. So we have numerous church offices there or like Heartbeat International's offices there. We have uh, quite a few Christian tenants in the building for the time being. We first tried relationally. You know, as I said, we met with the mayor, we met with city council members, we met with other people in the community and tried to say, this is actually a really good school with really good people. We can really benefit the community. Could we try to figure this out? And increasingly that answer was, no, this isn't going to happen. We're going to stop you. We're going to fight you. There's no way you could uh, even take this journey without ADF folks. And, and it's just confirmation. It's, it's the Lord's grace on a Christian school to say, hey, we've got partners that take your back you know, and we've got you. And as I said, they've actually become really good friends. What, a, what an incredible privilege it is for me to, to know guys that are on the front lines trying to say, hey, religious rights matter. You know, there's a, a big debate in the U.S. Are religious rights going to be a second tier right? Or are they going to be where they've always belonged? And so we've been through that journey for eight years, and ADF's on the front of it, and incredible folks. If I were to be totally honest, I think there's a sense of, really, Lord? Okay. Uh, of being overwhelmed, and, and you know, no one set out to be here. On the other hand, uh, Probably a year or two ago, it became really clear to us that this was more about the kingdom and the need for Christian schools to say, wait a minute, we we own the building, and we should be able to use our building for God's glory in any way we wish, including educating students, and cities shouldn't be able to change their zoning calls and, and, and laws and treat us unequally uh, just to keep us out. And so it, it became really clear to us probably a year or so ago, all right, this is not just about a local tree of life thing, although it's obviously been very damaging for us. It's about a kingdom thing, and we need to pursue this all the way wherever the Lord takes it. For our students and the future of the school, when we when we see the opportunities that we would have in this new building to reach more kids, to disciple more students, it's the students that are being harmed, right? The students like one of our one of our elementary school buildings, we have two uh, we have seven sponsoring churches, and and two of them are housed in uh, two of our elementary campuses are housed in those churches, and those churches are incredible to us, so generous. One of the buildings is a hundred years old, and so you can imagine how difficult it is to to run technology in that, and it doesn't have a gymnasium. The church is amazing, but we don't have a gym, we don't have a cafeteria. So to be able to buy a new building that we can take kids into and use the fullness of it for the good of our students, they're the ones that are harmed. 
And uh, that's why you fight, right? You said, you know what? We Tree of Life is about its students for the glory of God. Alliance Defending Freedom worked on Tree of Life's case for eight years, ending recently with an attempt to have the case heard by the Supreme Court. Unfortunately, on May 13th of this year, 2019, the Supreme Court chose not to hear Tree of Life's argument that the city of Upper Arlington in Ohio discriminated against it by not allowing them to operate their Christian school in a building they own. Tree of Life is an excellent example of God's ability to work all things together for good. Sometimes he uses litigation. Sometimes he uses other things. God has a plan that we cannot begin to understand, a plan that is much bigger and better than anything we can imagine. Recall that Tree of Life's primary goals in acquiring the building and property were to grow its ministry by upgrading subpar facilities and welcoming additional students. Well, a short time after the Supreme Court issued its order, an opportunity arose for Tree of Life to purchase the property next to its largest existing school. The property has a vacant building that was a good fit for Tree of Life's administrative offices. Office personnel have already moved in, creating more room for students in the school building, and the vacant land creates opportunities for expansion via new construction. And that's not all. A short time after agreeing to buy the property, a vacant school building came up for sale in the same neighborhood as Tree of Life's most deficient facility. It is state-of-the-art, allows Tree of Life to grow the existing school by 150 students, and was well below market value. It was an easy decision for Tree of Life to purchase that building as well. The end result is that in a mere six weeks following the Supreme Court's order, Tree of Life entered into three separate transactions that immediately grew its ministry by 300 students, with capacity to quickly add another 150, all in modern facilities. Plus, Tree of Life has acquired more than double the acreage of the property at issue in the litigation. If that wasn't enough, appreciation of the commercial building Tree of Life had hoped to use as a school will mean that when all is said and done, Tree of Life will have several millions of dollars in the bank after closing on all three new properties. And the litigation, though ultimately unsuccessful, galvanized Todd and the school community to be bold when these new opportunities presented themselves. Todd and the school community have been blown away by God's goodness and grace. Although his case did not result in a win for religious liberty, it certainly resulted in a win for God's kingdom. What an incredible reminder to trust, not despair, when things don't go the way we hope and plan. Behind the Front Lines is paid for by Alliance Defending Freedom and produced by CT Creative Studio. We encourage you to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and to share, rate, and review the program so others can discover the work ADF is doing. We hope you enjoyed this series and got a behind-the-scenes look at what's at stake for our religious liberty in America. If you have questions about religious liberty issues, we encourage you to visit Alliance Defending Freedom's website at adflegal.org. If you have a more specific religious liberty question about your church or ministry, ADF has set up their Church and Ministry Alliance programs, which can be found by visiting adfchurchalliance.org. It's important that we stand for our beliefs in America, 
to protect our religious liberty. Our thanks to Todd, the lawyers at ADF, and to you for listening to Behind the Front Lines, Religious Liberty in America.